0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Out of Bounds Golf Podcast hosted by Jordan and Nolan. This is the first episode of many where we will have weekly tournament recaps, future tournament predictions, and debate anything and everything golf. First up, uh, we're just going to give you a little history about ourselves, so I will turn it over to my co host, Nolan.
1: Hey everyone, Uh, so I guess this is our first podcast, and uh, we'd like to just share a little bit about ourselves and how we kind of got into golf. I probably started playing when I was about three or four years old and I took some lessons in uh, a small course. Uh, after that I played competitively in some random PGA tournaments, um, PGA, junior PGA tournaments and then I played competitively in high school with Jordan actually. We played for uh, Craig High School in Jamesville, Wisconsin. Uh, went to state, a Couple uh, I went to state once, I think you went twice. Uh, Yeah, and we we met at high school. So um, I will turn it over to Jordan right now to talk about how he kind of started playing. Uh,
0: So as you know, my name is uh, Jordan. Uh, Similar to Nolan, I started when I was probably four or five years old. Uh, Played a whole lot of different sports when I was a kid. Realized I wasn't good at any of the others. So I stuck with golf, uh, started playing that competitively, and I went to state Three times,
1: three times in wow.
0: high school, uh, twice as a team, and once individually. My uh, my senior year. Oh yeah,
1: didn't you lead for a little
0: bit? I did lead for 16 holes my junior year, uh, no, and we, we don't talk about, yeah. we don't we don't talk about the rest. <laughs> we just we stick with only positive news on this show. <laughs> uh, so we've known each other for uh, quite a while now. What eight or nine years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we worked at, worked at the local golf course together. Played golf all the time so uh, we both just wanted a way to stay connected to the game so here we are.
1: Um, I guess uh, now we're kind of going to talk about kind of how we uh, how our game, how we hit the ball, what our ideal shot is. Um, so myself, I, I like to fade the ball. Um, off the tee, iron shots, I feel like I have more control that way, specifically with my irons. Um, I can switch it up with my driver and hit draws, but uh, typically I like to hit the fade just because I feel like I have more control. Um, if I draw it, I can bring the snap hook into play. Uh, I definitely also hit the ball um, a lot more low than I hit it high. Just uh, I grew up playing in, uh, on a windy golf course, so I think I just naturally kind of started to hit the ball low because I needed to. Um, I think the strongest part of my game is my iron play. I've never been really able to hit the ball super far, so. I really had to, uh, to, to develop my mid-range game to, in order to score low. Um, I'm a decent putter, but uh, mostly i hit uh, hitting butter cuts all day with my irons.
0: And as for me, I'm about uh, as opposite of that as you can get. I uh, generally will play any sort of a draw, and uh, the, the strong part of my game is uh, the tee ball. So uh, as they say, drive for show, putt for dough. There's a reason I'm sitting here doing a podcast and not playing competitive golf. (laughs) Because after the tee shots, it goes downhill.
1: I can attest to that.
0: (laughs) So now that you know a little bit about us, we're going to hop into our weekly routine. So last weekend, big weekend, we had the third major tournament of the year, the U.S. Open. Uh, So we had Gary Woodland pulling out his first major victory at uh, 13-under. Brooks Kepka made an early charge on Sunday, but Gary held him off, so Brooks finished second at 10. And then we had a four-way tie for third place with uh, Xander, John Rahm, Chez Reavy, and Justin Rose.
1: And, uh, yeah, I guess Justin Rose really kind of was hanging in there most of the time, too. He had super impressive uh, uh, Thursday and Friday playing with Tiger, and uh, he played with... Uh, was it was it uh it was Jordan Spieth as well it was a powerhouse threesome um but yeah Justin Rose had like some of the most uh, impressive short game I've ever seen on Thursday and Friday and you know and then a US Open that's important and um it was it was unfortunate to see him you know kind of choke at the end on Sunday but it was good to see Gary Woodland get his first victory
0: yeah we can uh we can get into that a little bit on our next segment uh Rose, you uh, looked like he might have a chance at, at pulling it out, and uh, just kind of fizzled out on Sunday. I really thought Brooks was going to have a pretty good chance at winning it, if not run away with it. After about the first five or six holes, where he birdied the first four or four, uh, four out of five, but uh, props to props to Gary Woodland for holding him off after feeling the pressure of that run. You
1: know, I don't know Pebble Beach though. You have the first seven holes being super scoreable, so. I think Brooks really took advantage of those and, uh, you know, he kept playing well the rest of the round, but yeah, that, that definitely that charge, I think he kind of scared everyone in the field, you know, especially with the amount of majors he's had in the last few years and specifically the success in the U.S. Open. Um, I guess uh, the next part of our, of our first podcast and what we'll be doing for the rest of the weeks is we're going to do disappointments of the week, so I'll uh, turn it over to Jordan, who he thought... I guess his most disappointment of the week.
0: Yeah, I have uh, I have quite a few options here. Um, I have Justin Rose with the flat Sunday. Um, everybody kind of is waiting for him to to break out and and really take hold of that major on Sunday, and he just has not been doing it. Um, my second option would be Jordan Spieth. Ended the week five over after about a three week run of top fifteen finishes. Uh, so playing pretty well going into Pebble. He's always played pretty well at Pebble. And uh, I I would imagine he's probably disappointed himself with that that tournament. Um, I also had Tiger. Everyone kind of expected him to come out and and light the place up. And uh, he didn't play bad. It was just uh, pretty quiet. Yeah, especially
1: with how he's playing this year and with the Masters win, I think people kind of just expected him to come out and play well, specifically because his his 2000 uh, 2000 performance when he won the – Hundredth U.S. Open by I don't even know how many strokes it was. It was it was by a lot though. Um, but I guess I, I agree with most of those. I think my biggest disappointment though was Justin Johnson. Maybe because I picked him in my golf pool, but you know I was kind of expecting him to do a lot more. But he uh, he kind of looked like he was blind on the greens the entire weekend. Um, I guess uh, like Jordan said, you have to drive for show and putt for dough, and he definitely was not doing the latter. So. I think he might be my biggest disappointment of the week.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the last one I had on mine um, was also my uh, fantasy golf pick last week. Um, but uh, I, I've never been more disappointed with Ricky Fowler. He, uh, he came out guns a blazing on Thursday, dropped a 66, 5-under, and came out on Friday and shot a 77, barely made the cut, he really didn't do much over the weekend. I think he was maybe even one round one over on Sunday. You know, it was pretty pretty quiet. But after after that good of a Thursday, uh, it's pretty disappointing that the guy comes back with a, a, a horrible. Uh, it's horrible. It's a horrible round on Friday. True, uh, and so I, I also
1: think you know another person who had a roller coaster kind of tournament was Rory uh, as well. On um, specifically on Sunday, I think he had uh, he had. Four birdies and four bogeys and maybe even a double, um, but it was just one of those rounds where it was he wasn't he was either it was either all over the pin or it was just terrible. Um, I think maybe that was just because he was trying to be aggressive and get there, but it was uh, it was you know take away those bogeys, he was he was right up there by the leaders. So,
0: so there are quite a few options, but we're going with Dustin Johnson. Quiet, uh, quiet round. Not much happening on the greens for him. And uh, Ricky with the most disappointing rounds of the weekend. Uh, so now that we've talked about the the bad, we're going to move on to the good. Talk about who had the most impressive performance this weekend. Nolan, who'd you have?
1: I had uh, Victor Hovland as my most impressive uh, performance of the week. I mean, kind of speaks for itself that he had uh, he had the lowest 72 hole score of any U.S. Open amateur, including uh, Francis We met, who is the last winner of the. Uh, U.S. Open, so that's kind of an impressive thing, especially to do at Pebble Beach, um, very difficult course. So, uh, yeah, that was that was mine.
0: Uh, I I do agree with that for the most part. Uh, I also had Gary Woodland, obviously, as the most impressive performance, um, mainly just because he has uh, typically not succeeded after gaining that 54-hole lead. He was over seven going into uh, this U.S. Open, so for him to to finally Climb that hill and
1: you know, and, he, he and get it done. He wasn't normally uh, a you know short game player either. He's always kind of one of those players that his distance was getting him the the wins, kind of like Dustin Johnson and Kapka. Um, and I think it was really impressive to see him come out and be pretty much number one in terms of scrambling and putting. I mean, he was putting well all week. Um, specifically on Saturday, he was making some crazy putts and. I think that's really his scrambling was what won the tournament this week.
0: Yeah, for him to uh, for him to be aware that, that Brooks Kepka was making the early charge and, and to kind of lose a little bit of steam middle of the round and and to come back strong and, and finish, especially with making the, uh, what do you have, about a 30-footer or so on 18 to win it. He yeah. could, have, could have three-putted to win, but he drains the first one. Um, I, I also thought Victor had an impressive round. The only thing that scared me away from him is uh, from what I saw his inability to play out of any greenside bunker. Uh, he had uh, I, I saw multiple times throughout the entire tournament that uh, what what other players made look like a, a relatively easy bunker shot. He either kept it in the bunker or hit it about halfway to the green. Obviously, as an amateur, it's a it's a big stage. Um, any any under par score for uh, a tournament, especially in a major like the U.S. Open, is impressive. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Gary because it was just an all-around good performance and uh, he he closed it out he did also, it.
1: also, not to mention that Victor's attire was you know subpar. Uh, I don't know what his uh, his is doing in terms of their apparel, but uh, I don't know if you were sending a player to play in the U.S. Open, I think that you could uh, maybe get him some something that fits him well or you know whatever. Not
0: a not a fan of the double hokey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for our next segment we're going to talk about interesting stories from the week uh, you know just unique things in case you didn't see them I had a couple on my list um, you know just the uh, the story that's making its rounds on the inter- internet right now about uh, Gary and his uh, his friend Amy that he played the um, 17th hole at TPC Scottsdale with and also the Patrick Reed wedge snap uh, that was fantastic. I don't know. I didn't know. see that.
1: What day was that?
0: <laughs> uh, I believe that was Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember which day. Uh, he was just over the back of the green in the rough, chunked the chip, and, uh, took, took the wedge over the knee. So that's, uh, that's not something you see that often. But, uh, you always, know.
1: Always fun to watch. Though.
0: Oh, always fun to watch. Uh, I guess the other one I forgot to put it on here was, uh, uh what's that guy's name? Thomas Beauregard. Um, Took a, took a big number on Thursday on number 18 and chucked his driver into the the ocean. <laughs> uh, I, I searched for some video coverage of that, and I, I couldn't find anything. Um, you know, but,
1: talking about that, it kind of reminds me of when we were uh, in high school and you were playing at the Oaks, and uh, I got to watch you finish up putting with your wedge, and uh, come, come to find out you had broken your uh, Scotty Cameron over your knee. Uh, do, you, uh, do you remember that at all? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that may have happened. Uh, I had already bought a new putter, was still struggling, so I decided to go back and use the old one for a round, and it was uh, it was worse than the new one. So with that being uh, an old putter and about one hole left, uh, you know, just like Patrick Reed said, we, uh, we got the anger out, we moved on, we kept playing.
1: No, I'm pretty sure you ended up uh, either one or two putting with the wedge, so it's never a bad option if you're uh, if you're ever struggling with your putter um i guess uh moving on from that i think i thought the the coolest you know, most unique things i saw during the week were uh both actually from gary woodland and both in the final round um he i think it was on either it was on like fifteen or six, whole fifteen or sixteen he it was the par five you know he was already in the lead uh justin Rose and him were in the fairway they both they both had were in position to either lie up or go for it and uh, Justin Rose decided to lay up, but um, Woodland actually went for it with his with his wood, and it caught the like top part of the bunker where the rough was, and it like kicked it up and put it right on the back part of the green. And I think to hit a kind of shot like that at the end was really crazy and just took guts. And it was it was it just it was cool how it worked out. You know, it, it had to have hit something in order for it to stop, and uh, he pulled it off.
0: That shot won him the tournament. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was falling apart for a couple holes leading up that uh, everyone was kind of sensing the Brooks Kepka comeback, the Brooks Kepka pressure from winning quite a few majors in the last couple of years and once he hits that shot he, he regains his confidence and, and finishes strong.
1: To, he goes on to the, the, the next hole which is what I thought was another unique part of the tournament was him hitting it on the green on number 17 way over on the other end so he decided to chip the ball to get it close to the the pin, and he, I mean, he executed it perfectly. He pinched the ball, did barely even took a like a piece of grass off the green, and put it to within tap and range. Which I mean, I mean, that's super impressive, especially at the end of a U.S. Open when you have the lead and you have Kepka chasing you. So.
0: so now that we have covered just about everything on the U.S. Open last weekend. Uh, let's talk about what we have coming up this weekend. We have the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands. Uh, relatively short course, only about 68, 6900 yards. Uh, it's par 70. The uh, the course record was set a, a couple of years ago by um, Jim Furick, who carted a 58 uh, in 2016.
1: Which I mean, it was, it's kind of impressive. It's I think it's the lowest score ever in the recorded in the PGA tournament, but it was only a, a minus 12, so it's not as impressive as the 59s that other people have posted on par 72s. Yeah,
0: it's a bit of a fake 58, but at the same time, we're still talking about a 58, uh, so, it's you know, most it's uh, still impressive. Holes. Yeah. So uh, if we look a little bit uh, deeper into this tournament, price fund to $7.2 million. Uh, last, uh, champion is Bubba Watson. It is in the, where are we at? Where are we at in the country? I think we're up in like New Jersey, right?
1: Oh, I'm not sure.
0: Struggling to find it. Oh, Connecticut. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Basic, basically the same thing.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're from, your, if you're from the Midwest, <laughs> where we are, that's, you know, they all kind of mush together.
0: Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Bubba Watson won it last year. Jordan Spieth won it in a playoff the year before. Um, Russell Knox in 2016, and Bubba Watson again in 2015. So there's kind of some of the past champions.
1: And I guess uh, next we're kind of going to talk about uh, who we each picked in our – we're in a weekly golf pool at our work. We both work together um, during the day, um, and we we have a golf pool with a bunch of the other guys. So it's a one-and-done um, type pool where you have to pick one each week, a player each week, and then after you pick them, you can't use them again for the next tournament. Um, so I guess I'll uh, turn it over to Jordan for who we picked this week.
0: Uh, I am currently in fifth. I just lost my spot in fourth after the U.S. Open last week. I had picked Ricky Fowler, as I mentioned before. Still a little angry about that one. Uh, but we're moving on this week. I can get on to... I might be able to snag first if I win, if I pull a win out and nobody else does much. Uh, But a win will definitely catapult me into second or third at the absolute worst. So I picked this week Jordan Spieth. I think after a a disappointing week last week, I think he'll come back strong. He had uh, some pretty good finishes leading up to last week. Uh, He had a couple of, I think he finished... Uh, second in the tournament before last week, let's pull it up here, uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, so T-65 last week in the open, obviously uh, not not very good, disappointed, shot a fourth round 76, uh, so he's obviously doing much better until he finished on Sunday, uh, the memorial before that, T-7, Let's see here, the Charles Schwab Challenge. Before that, he finished tied for eighth. The PJ Championship, he finished tied for third. So, uh, for for a guy that hasn't won since 2017, mid 2017, he has been pretty hot lately. So, I'm hoping he can capitalize on on guys like Brooks kind of coming down off of that major tournament energy, and uh, maybe maybe steal me a victory this week. And Nolan, who do you get this week?
1: Yeah, well, um, I guess I'm in uh, I'm in third place in the in our uh, little pool, so I don't think that anybody will be overtaking me this week. With my pick, I uh, I picked somebody who has who actually just won the Memorial Tournament and played pretty hot in the uh, U.S. Open, finishing he it's uh, he finished with a 68 on Saturday and a 70 on Sunday. Um, if you're wondering who it is, it is Patrick Cantlay. Um, so you know, I think coming off. of a a win memorial. He probably, you know, needed a week off at the Canadian. Um, And he came out and he played uh, pretty well at the U.S. Open, taking T21 and had a really impressive weekend. So I think he's going to come off of, uh, you know, that hot weekend and play real well in this one.
0: And I hope he doesn't. (laughs) Uh, Before we – so so another topic that we're going to focus on on this podcast is is looking at the top 100 in the official golf rankings and just kind of do a breakdown, learn a little bit about some some guys that maybe you've never heard of or maybe they are guys you've heard of, like uh, maybe it's a Brooks Kepka, whoever it may be, and you'll be able to learn a little bit about them. Uh, but before we do that, I did have a, an intriguing question for you that I thought of earlier today, and that is, is, is the run that Brooks Kepka has been on since 2014 the best stretch of golf we've seen since the ninety seven to two thousand ten tiger woods
1: yeah i think um, I think that's right up there with the run that Spieth had a few years ago when he he won uh... what was that the masters and the u.s open and then he nearly won the british um, but you know to See uh, Kepco win the PGA, I think twice or he went. He's got it
0: three years in a row three, now. Yeah,
1: three years in a row, and the U.S. Open twice in a row uh, up until this year. I think that's probably got to be the most impressive since you know Tiger won the Grand Slam back in the day.
0: Yeah, he kind of pe- people tend to not like Brooks because he's a kind of a boring, you know, comparable to like Mike Trout in baseball. He's arguably the best at what he does right now, but does not get the the fandom that you would think would come along with that. But 2014 he had uh, he was he didn't play in the Masters, he was T4 in the US Open, T67 in the Open, so not great there. T15 in the PGA Championship. 2015 in the Masters T33, US Open T18, The Open T10, and the PGA Championship T5, so kind of a step up in in most of those right there. Uh, About the same results in 2016, and then we get to 2017 where he he finishes tied for 11th in the Masters, wins the U.S. Open, tied for 6th in the the British Open, T-13 in the PGA Championship. 2018 didn't play in the Masters, but he won the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. And so far this year, three majors in, his worst finish is 2nd place. He finished tied for 2nd in the Masters. People thought he was going to make a run at, at Tiger Woods in the Masters. Still finished tied for second. He, he ran away with the PGA Championship after the first two days of play and uh, just about chased down Gary in the U.S. Open. So I, I, if he can keep this up, I think he could rival uh, that run that we saw Tiger make.
1: You know, he just – I feel like he's one of those guys that just he, – he actually plays better when the pressure's on and he, he hits the ball so, so pure off the tee and he hits it so far. Especially on the weekend, like I, I swear to God, he hits almost every single fairway. And when you have a guy that can hit it, you know, three hundred and thirty plus yards off the tee consistently, and hit it in the fairway, you're gonna you're gonna play well. And if you can play well under pressure and have that, you're gonna you're gonna have great results. It's he's like almost like Dustin Johnson, but actually has some sort of intelligence and uh, can continue to play under pressure. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that kind of yeah. I was thinking about taking him for my predictions on here. I, I already used him and had him uh, when he won the PJ Championship in our, our Fantasy League, uh, but I, I was thinking about picking him in my predictions until you think about the fact that he just doesn't seem to ever get juiced up for regular tournaments. Uh, he's a hands down favorite at this point, no matter what the major is. Every major that comes around, he's he's going to be in the, the top two or three and in, in odds to win it. But you get these tournaments like this week and I, I just don't think it's enough for him to bring the energy.
1: And I, think, I think that's kind of why he has, he doesn't have a huge following is because he he only brings that energy it seems like into the majors and you know people, people want to see you play in more tournaments. Like if you're, if you're constantly taking breaks uh, and just playing the majors or you know you're just putting all your energy into them people are you're gonna you're gonna lose a, a following and you know when you lose a following they start to cheer against you so um, yeah
0: all right so now that we've talked about uh, Brooks the good the bad the the boring at times uh, I'm going to so I, I copied the top 100 official world golf rankings into a spreadsheet I'm going to run a random number generator and whoever that lands on, I am going to uh, actively look them up and uh, learn a bit about them. So I will go ahead and find out who we are going to dive into. Got number 74, 74, Danny Willett, the out of nowhere Masters Champion a couple of years ago. Danny Willett? No, he won't.
1: (laughs) Hey, I'm uh, looking them up right now. I want to pull up some information on so uh, Danny Willett. He's from uh, Sheffield, United Kingdom. He was um, born on October 3rd, 1987, so he's 31 years old. Wow, he's kind of short. He's 5'11", so he's kind of like a Rory McIlroy type deal.
0: He's doing it for the little guys out there.
1: <laughs> Represent.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. He uh, let's see here. Went to Jacksonville State. Turned pro in. 2008, so he's been, been pro for 11 years now. Got six professional wins. It looks like he's got only one win on the PGA Tour, which was uh, was the Masters. And what year was that? 2016 Masters he won. He's got six wins on the European Tour, uh, one win on the Asian Tour, one win on the Sunshine Tour, which I, I would assume that that's something in Florida, but I, I, I don't know what that is.
1: Yeah, I don't either, you know. Um, so, the
0: so if we look at uh, his best results for majors, uh, he obviously won the the 2016 Masters. Outside of that, not a whole lot. Uh, T30 in the PJ Championship in 2014, so that's not very great. Uh, the U.S. Open to uh, finish T12 this year. Um, I don't remember seeing him on the leaderboard, but that's, uh, that's a pretty, pretty solid tournament for him. It's pretty good like paycheck. He,
1: looks like he also took T8 in the RBC Canadian Open, which is... You know that's a good, that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, result there. It looks like he's also won near eight hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars this year, so that's not too bad of a of a pay for you know for going out and playing some rounds of golf. Yep,
0: yeah, looks like uh, looks like he's a big Liverpool fan. Uh, he, Naturally, he's he, here from Europe. You know, he will he will never walk alone. For those uh, those of you that like soccer out there, I know that much, and that's it about Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty pretty quiet career, but he's sticking around. He's pulling mm-hmm. out a few decent finishes here and there.
1: He has uh more majors than Lee Westwood <clears throat> and uh myself. So I uh I would consider that a win, you know, especially when you uh when you win the Masters, that's pretty special.
0: And uh we're going to play just a little game here. I'm going to make you guess uh, what his career earnings are.
1: Hmm. How long has he been in the league for?
0: Uh, he's been pro for 11 years.
1: Uh, I would say career winnings around, he's at 832,000 this year, so he won the yeah. Masters, hmm, I'd say around $2.5 million.
0: Uh, well, he won, uh, let's see here, I don't know what this first part is, but he has a career earnings of $15.7 million. Uh, so you were a little off.
1: Just a bit, you know. Only but,
0: about, uh, about you know, we'll see how close you can get on uh, the rest of these guys. Some of these I'm, I'm kind of interested to see your guesses because there are quite a few names here that I don't even know in the top 100 of the, the world golf rankings. So you get down towards the bottom. Uh we got some we got some names I'm not even going to know how to pronounce. Miko Korhonen. Where is he from? Uh I don't know. I I I'm I'm not a geography major. I don't know what that flag you didn't is. Didn't
1: study the flags of the world uh, in high school.
0: Not not that one. He probably doesn't know what it is. <laughs> uh yeah, so there are some guys that uh that we're not exactly sure who they are, but that's why we're doing this so we can learn about them. And uh said
1: so there's some well There's some about them and root for them when they Make charges on the leaderboard if they ever do.
0: There are some there are some fun names out there. So as we go through this, we'll uh, we'll be able to pick out some of our favorite names.
1: Okay, I you know I think that's uh, probably uh, that's about it for our podcast this week. Uh, hope you guys will uh, hope you guys liked it, and uh, hope you guys are will join us for our next one.
0: Appreciate if you give us a listen, uh, give us a review if you'd like. If you want to uh, send us any feedback, communicate with us ask us questions, you know, give us any topics to talk about. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I am at 33Golfer, and Nolan is at?
1: Um, I'm at N M-O-R-A-N, 15. Um, and we have an official Twitter page as well. And uh, I think, what is that handle?
0: Yep, that is at, capital O-B, underscore, golf pod. Capital G, capital P.
1: Yeah, so feel free to give us a follow, um, and hit us up with any questions. You know, if you want to hear specific things in our next podcast, uh, we're happy to take comments or you know direct messages, anything, and we'll try to incorporate it into our uh, next week's podcast.
0: All right, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.